Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Davis Maddock, joined by Connor Dricko from Rotoviz. You may know him from winning. Uh, the and I, I suppose the inaugural big right. FFPC championship. I think they've done best ball before, but not as a championship. They've done it as self-contained leagues, but last year was their first time running a championship. And and as Connor joked to me yesterday, he only won uh, 125k, not a million dollars. So he still has to work uh, a real job. Unlike uh, earlier in the week, Liam came on the show. So we're just bringing all the winners on because we need we need the skeleton key, bud. Well, happy to help however I can. Uh, yeah happy to so what is your draft schedule been like up until this point how many are you are you drafting early are you doing underdog right now are you like what's uh what's been your early draft schedule like um well believe it or not i'm i've been sticking mostly to uh ffbc um so i i hit the uh i hit a, a couple of the uh the pre-draft ones there and I've been doing I've been doing a a, a couple of the uh, uh, of the post draft ones. I did I actually I did I did one right uh, right as the schedule dropped. It was kind of like nice. I don't know. Have you ever done a basketball draft on the FFPC? Um, uh, yeah, I did. I did one. I did one last year. Yeah. And uh, unless uh, unless you're kind of a streamer or influencer, the uh, hardest part you is you you really do have to wait for the uh, the lobby to fill. And uh, I uh, I did one I did one that like it was scheduled for uh, I think it was like four o'clock. Um, I did it with somebody in the in the ship chasing Discord, and the uh, all the old ADPs were still set. Right. Uh, so you, you do have to you have to be careful not to get carried away with just hammering rookies. But we were able to like there were there were silly things like uh, uh, Jalen Hurts hadn't adjusted at all like i think we got him at the end of the eighth round or something like that right after the trade right uh like james cook was still going like i think we got him in the in the 12th or 13th round or something like that uh um, yeah so there there's lots of that stuff i and what i found in some of the early drafts was after maybe like the first two days on underdog where it was like sky more, you could get in the 12th round or whatever. I, I kind of think it's over adjusting right now and we'll see yeah. like a deflation period. Like if you want sky more right now on no. underdog seventh no. round. Yeah. You got to take them in the seventh round if you want him. But it's, it's like, it's so like, it's, it's, it's not quite CEH all over again. But, no, 
it's it's so like hey here's a uh, here's a small school prospect that we do really like but he's a small school prospect and and we're just going to draft him in the seventh round now because uh he went to the best landing spot like that that that, that i i don't think that makes any sense at all no, I mean, I uh, I think he should be the third wide receiver drafted for the Chiefs. I, I think that he and Valdez Scantling's uh, ADPs are reversed. Because, um, uh, you right. know, I think that the market is sort of making this expectation that Scantling is just going to perform the same role that he was in in Green Bay. But I don't, I don't think the Chiefs have the luxury of doing that. I, I think he kind of has to be a bigger part of their offense. Because, like, you know, Demarcus Robinson is gone. They, they don't have, like, those veteran guys just to eat snaps out there that they've had in years past. Right. And uh, the other thing with um, – uh, I'm, I'm drawing – what's the rookie's name again? I'm Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Uh, he is a rookie. So, like, it is hard for those guys to, like, to make these kind of, like, immediate contributions. Uh, like, it's great that their production is back-ended, um, but – what you're saying is like that does mean that somebody like MVS is just going to have to be like they're going to have to get whatever roots they can from them. Yeah, no, that is that is definitely true. So you had an article uh, that came out on Rotoviz today that I think is fairly interesting, talking about how so many teams were using the I mean whatever you want to call it, right? Hero, hero RB, modified zero RB. And I mean, even if that, so even if we granted the conceit that these are the teams that are most likely to score the greatest amount of points, which I, I think still is probably true. I know that Hayden's research found that a lot of the two RB teams were really good, but I mean, you know, the way ADP is shaking out this year, it means you're passing on CD lamb, Terry kill Devonte Adams, lots of guys with like legit 40, 50 point upside in week 17. So what were some of the, the tweaks you found to get around drafting the same team as everyone else uh well the big thing is so like yeah you, you mentioned like it's 20 percent of the field is drafted using this strategy uh, and it's definitely been the most reliable but that's it's it's a top heavy tournament and the the the, the actual structure that works the best every year like it does change from year to year um but the uh, the biggest thing, and, and I, I was actually surprised at this myself, is uh, if uh, the way the way the basic strategy is set up is that you draft your second running back after the fifth round, um, but most people clutter or, or they cluster of taking that sixth round guy or seventh round guy, whereas if you delayed after round eight, nine, even ten, like none of it, none of your upside goes away. Like it, it feels crazy to say, but like you, your advance rates are still really good. Your your semifinals rates are still really good. Uh, your finals rates are still really good. And then one thing that I actually think is really important. I didn't I didn't really reference this because I didn't really need to. But uh, one thing that I do think is important to cross reference is the kind of like BB10 data, the fanball data, right? Uh, because with an argument like I've just made, uh. It, it, it starts to become more player specific. Someone might say, oh, well, of course it did great. You had James Conner, blah, blah, blah. Of course it did great. You had Lenny Fournette. Uh, but no, the same has still been true for uh, for win rate data in Fanball uh, with the, with this kind of construction that if you delay it, your, 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 your win rates are fine. 
air and you do that and if you i think if you wait until after uh i think it was after the ninth so this is obviously the most extreme example you're cutting the usage rate to like two and a half percent so you go from 20 percent to two and a half percent and uh i think like you're 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 just getting access the, the reason and the reason that can be helpful is that um if you look at how advances work in uh, it, particularly best ball mania, because it's so like, okay, one last year, it was one in 18 in the semifinal. And right. it's essentially the, the running back who performs the best in the semifinal, they're going to be the ones that are in the final. Uh, like uh, Joe Mixon and uh, Nick Chubb. They, I think they had around 28 points in week 16 and and they were like almost half of the anchor teams in uh in the final and that is that is kind of the dirty little secret of this data is that so much of it does just come down to who was good in those really important weeks and i i'm you know kind of trying to balance that stuff right now i have drafted a lot of running back running back start teams um right. because i think rounds three through seven are just really profitable with wide receivers that I really like. And, uh, you know, obviously one of those things is if you start running back, running back, uh, you can only take five of them. You can take an extra, uh, you can take eight wide receivers. Um, now by and for makes the, the, you know, the other point, which is that how many guys are having 30 point games. It's like not really that many guys, especially not that many guys are going to have multiple 30 point games, you know, sure. Maybe DK Metcalf gets one 30 point game, but Devonte Adams probably has three Stefan Diggs probably has three. And then it's just a matter of hoping that the, the games happen at the right time. The other interesting thing is I don't think there's really much of a running back dead zone. I mean, there are like specific guys I don't like this year. Like I don't, I'm not going to be drafting a ton of Antonio Gibson, not no. going to be drafting a ton of Josh Jacobs, but Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, CPAT, Damian Harris, Kenneth. Like, and I think these ADPs will change. Like, I think we're going to see some of those guys really rise. Like Patterson, I could see being a huge riser if the coaching staff is like, "Yep, he's just our running back. He's playing the same role that he did last year." Because right now we don't really know. Um, but well, he I mean, could. I, I, he could play wide receiver this year, which would it maybe even be better. Where right, you got, you got yeah. If you get to play a wide receiver, the high scoring position in your running back slot, like that's uh that's pretty uh that's pretty nice. And I think one one thing I did want to say about the uh the kind of like taking too early running back, uh, and 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 the data last year being so strong for it. The one thing that I do think is like important to keep in mind with that is we are coming off a year where the second round running backs were better than the first rounds. And like that doesn't that's not like a thing that normally happens. So we're coming off like And none of them got year. hurt. None of the second round running backs got hurt. Right. Uh like well you had you had Joe Mixon, you had Jonathan Taylor, uh even Aaron Jones had had, had some good games. Uh but you're coming off a year where all the like this the, like last year was probably the best probably one of the best setups for doing that i can i can possibly imagine right that none of the uh, none of the, the first round or second round apart from the Vante adams 
really went gangbusters. Like they performed, but none of them were like, oh shit, like I, I, I wish I had that guy. Uh, some of the second round running backs did. And then you had these insane breakouts in the middle of the draft. And I just think that like it's important it's important to remember, hey, we had that, we had that last year, but it's not it's it's not been and, and it's not been the strategy that's just worked every year. It's it and I think that that's good that can be good for a, a tournament if you have a strategy that is just slightly off the ones that work every year and then you get the year where your one does like that that's what gets paid in tournaments but do you want to do that the year after it had that year when you're still taking on the same risk as another tweak off an optimal strategy that that is a good point i mean really the probably the biggest point with all of this is like it's just one slate right like if we were approaching right. this from a dfs mindset right. it's like Really, at the end of the day, the way things shook shook out in 2021, it was just one slate. Uh, COVID certainly had a huge impact on stuff right. because rosters were getting decimated. You know, I mean, like, look, I, right. we we were all there week ten, going to go check some of our teams, and we're like, shit, I don't have any guys available this week. Like, I'm scoring no points this week. I have no guys um, available, and also. Uh, it is also a historical anomaly to have Fournette and Connor both do what they did. Generally speaking, there will be one running back who is either right. drafted in the 10th round or later or not drafted at all who puts up an RB1 season. It's very un it's very unusual for two of them to do it. And had Eli Mitchell been getting drafted at all, it would have skewed the data even more because I can count on one hand, you know, the guys who have done what Eli Mitchell did, you know, basically going from undrafted to season long right. running like arian Fair. foster yeah it's kind of the last guy that i i remember well uh, james robinson he was kind james, of james robinson alfred morris uh for the washington football team like like it happens it's rare it's, it's very it's, it's, it's very this outlier rare. so I, I mean i i think the question we have to ask ourselves is who are the guys we think can do that this year one of the i think one of the obvious guys who can do what james connor did is ronald jones if ch were to get injured or just suck, right? CH right. could they could just be like, this is year three. You're not getting right. better at anything. You just are not good. We're just not playing you anymore. Uh, and the worst, I think, I do think the worst thing for CEH is uh, in years before, a lot of his competition were more guys who just excelled in the passing game. Uh, they, they were fine running the ball, but the, the receiving game was their thing. Whereas now... And, and, and that kind of pushed him into being this two-down grinder. Now he's facing off Ronald Jones as a two-down grinder and who is actually really, really good at that. At that part of the game, is really good at that part of the game. And uh, if he's not, if CH isn't good at receiving and then Ronald Jones ends up being better at, uh, at the running part of the game, that, that's my biggest, uh, would be my biggest, well, and, and also, you know, it's easy to have the rose colored glasses for both of them right now, because right. technically Daryl and Ronald, uh, not Daryl and McKinnon are not right. on the team right now, but also both of them are unsigned. Right. If it gets to, if it gets to August 1st, both of them are unsigned and they have Derek Gore, Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. My guess would be 
that they give Darrell Williams the veteran minimum and they're like, just right. come back. It's what uh, this happened with Demarcus Robinson. They waited to sign Demarcus Robinson until uh, a little bit later in the offseason, the wide receiver group last year. So I, but if that doesn't happen, right, if Darrell Williams signs a one year deal with uh, the Bills, who it doesn't right. matter, uh, because clearly Andy Reid and Bienemy do place a lot of value on just guys who know the system. It's why they right. kept bringing back Robinson. It's why they kept uh, Pringle was on the team for four years, uh, kind of like Alan Lazard for the Packers, where he was just around forever before they right. played him. Um, what about Ramondre Stevenson potentially being that guy? Um, you, you do just need a lot to break there, don't you? Like they, uh, they've got. There's just so many uh, guys in that backfield now. Where like they okay you had Damian Harris before, um, I guess James White is injured now, but then uh, then they drafted two different like fairly talented running backs too, uh, and who is the set Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris? Yeah. So Pierre Strong, I'm just I'm putting this on the permanent record right now. He's gonna get Damian Harris. He is just redshirting as a rookie. I know I saw the Roto World blurb that they think he's going to play on passing downs. I'm calling my, my, my BS meter is going off on that one. So you think, uh, you think that, okay, they drafted these guys, they're not playing. Uh, and it's just, it's just going to be the uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondi. Well, James White is back from his hip injury. Right. So this is, this is what, this would be the parlay. So let me, let me back up further. This is why I think one, I just think he has the ability which I, right. is like, it's like, I think if you just start That's the with, thing. That's if the, the thing. guy had the ability and the role happened, what would he do? Um, and I think he would do very well. So this is what he would need. Probably an injury to Damian Harris or like multiple fumbles. One of the, one of the two. And then they would just need James White to be too old to do it. He, you know, right. he's, 30, he's 31. He has the hip injury and it's like it's like and it's like i don't want to say bill belichick will never play rookies because he does sometimes if he likes them like gronk played a lot as a rookie right some and uh and Ramondre played as a rookie not and not even a highly drafted rookie but damian harris didn't do it all and and the number one thing is they're just going to run the fucking air out of the ball is like probably the biggest point right yeah that that's fair enough uh and i think the other thing the other thing as well that would have to happen is that all those things happen and then also they don't sign anyone. Yeah. Which I, I mean, who knows? Do you, do you have any thoughts on their receiving game actually right now? I was looking at it yesterday. It is like an extreme mess. Yeah. So I actually, I did have a, a bit of a look at it uh, a couple of months ago. And yeah, I, I do think that it's just like, it's an extreme mess. Uh, like, the the receiver I'd be most excited about is actually Hunter Henry, um, yeah, because he's the one guy they have who's actually good in the red zone. Like if you look at any if you look at any of the stats for any of their other receivers, uh, other than kind of small uh, sample size stuff, like that they get they've gotten targeted there and then just not scored. Whereas uh, Hunter Henry, when he does get targeted, he scores. So. That, that that would make me a little bit kind of like excited there in that uh hey he 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 could just get like this disproportionate amount of their receiving touchdowns. Um 
But I guess if 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 I'm really pushed, I'm really pushed about a receiver. I I go into my head. I have to draft the Patriots receiver. It's probably Kendrick Bourne, um, and I'd say he's honestly, the most efficient last year. Right. It, it's the efficiency. He's like I think he's going at like pick two hundred, uh, and if if he can just if he can find the way if I guess if he can find the way onto the field if he can beat out Dusty Devante Parker, uh, for uh, for playing time, uh, like you you can feel somewhat good about him putting up points and and not points that it helps you in uh, in the round that he's going um. The, the other guys are just it's there's just too many of them uh like you said you it's really easy to see the Patriots just run the like air out of the ball uh and very they don't really none of them really have the profile it was like okay like uh he he gets the target share and now he explodes now he like makes these huge plays it's it's just that's just I guess that's just hard for me to see um yeah, I, I think I'm I, – I mean, I just don't really like any of them. Um, Jacoby Myers I would probably take on DraftKings with the, with the full PPR right. and the bonuses and stuff. Born more likely to have the, you know, the two-touchdown game in, in Week 17. So back to the running backs, what, what are your answers for, you know, guys outside of the first 10 rounds or so who could be the James Conner, Leonard Fournette from last year? Do you have anyone you're – really hoping to get overweight on uh so i yeah in the pre-draft stuff i had like i want to say like 60 percent uh tyler algier in like the 17th or 18th round okay Uh, there we go so that would uh that would be really nice for me um i honestly um the the i i guess from a zero rb approach i do think that you do want to uh, bend it a little bit this year just because of uh, the talent of the guys who are going in those middle rounds. Like someone like Brees Hall on underdog, on a half PPR site, going at pick 50 because uh, reasons, because of Michael Carter. Uh, I, 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 to me, like that, that's something where I'm like, okay, like, that that that's a that's a spot it does it does feel like a jam right like it feels it does feel like if if they're just like michael carter you were fine last year but you're a fourth round pick we just traded up to get this dude and and you know he does have you know in his range of outcomes that like zach wilson's good or or it improves greatly you know kind of like josh allen right from his first year to his second year we're like if they're like in a like the 11th scoring offense or whatever breeze is probably like a smash Right, uh, and I th- I just think as well like if if he's bad, if Zach Wilson is bad, then what do you do when you have a bad quarterback? Like you try to yeah. give it to your running back every opportunity you can. Well, and, and I think I think the the counter argument would be Zach Wilson didn't throw to the running backs at all, and all their other quarterbacks did. Right. Yeah. That that's fair, but it it is still a half PPR site, uh, and. Uh, if it, if it like I I do think that that kind of gives you the the out a little bit of even in even in your kind of downside case scenarios that he's still getting rushing yards he's probably 
there's, there probably is some decent that range of outcomes on the touchdowns. And... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that is I think that's probably true. Uh, can I interest you in some Tyrion Davis Price in San Francisco going off the board as the running back fifty three on underdog? Uh, it, it's it it's definitely interesting. Like, it, it it's one of those things where uh, I remember when he got drafted, we're all gone who, uh, but like, how much can you really overthink? And uh, Carlos Shanahan just adding another running back, like, uh, if, if he's too- Kyle Shanahan, every year he's coached in San Francisco, the team has had a different leading rusher. If Eli Mitchell repeated as their leading rusher, he would be the first. Kyle Shanahan running back to do that since 2016 in Atlanta when Devonta Freeman led them in rushing in back-to-back years. Uh, and, and like you said, he's going to like pick 200. So you, you, you can, you can kind of take him as your cheap shot, like maybe get some pass catching guys to, uh, or some kind of minor role players to get some points on the board in the meantime. And like, it, 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 it feels it feels very good kind of like caveman to say like that oh we just know there's variants coming for this backfield why not just take this cheap rookie like who went on day two uh why not just take him at that, he went that he time? went seven picks later than trey sermon did and trey sermon was a first round rookie pick and Tyrion davis price is a third round rookie draft pick yeah like and and oh just because uh I guess I guess some of that is some people were were somewhat excited for Red uh, Trey Sermon, right? I, oh, people like, people liked Trey Sermon a lot. Yeah, people uh, they liked Trey Sermon because he they liked the other running back at Ohio State before he transferred there, and then Trey right. Sermon got touches over him, so that that was why people were excited. Uh, but again, like it's like the the thing about running back is like they just have to get on the field, and like they accumulate points and especially if they're if he's in that system like who who's to say like who's to say he's not the starting running back in week 17 like or like week six right well you don't you don't you don't know yeah i I just remember uh and towards the end of last year and and you had all these like starting running back situations and it's like well did you know that uh devin singletary would just be the bell cow back for the bills like yeah, no one, no one was touting that last year. Literally, like, not one person was like Devin Singletary is going to score eight touchdowns in the fantasy football playoffs. Like he's just going to be the Balco back. He's going to completely dust Zach Moss. They'll bring somebody in. He'll dust him too. Uh, and just I guess when he when you can get it, when you can get a rookie that cheap, that highly drafted, in uh, a system known for producing points especially in a tournament, it definitely seems like a, a good shot to take. Yeah. What, uh, what about the Washington football team backfield? You know, they, they, they clearly like don't like Antonio Gibson as much as, as we do. Uh, Liam right. had the take yesterday that Wentz is actually horrible for McKissick because he is like too bad to even check down. He just doesn't even think about checking down. Uh, I, I, which I, I did not intend to do this and it will not end this way, but Brian Robinson, the Alabama running back is my most drafted guy right now. Uh, you know, and, and the coaching staff, they, the guy hadn't even put his pads on yet and they were already doing the, the thunder and lightning thing with, with mm-hmm. him and Gibson. 
Um, I, I'm pretty, in, I'm pretty intrigued by him though. Uh, well, he, he's what I, last time I checked, he's gone at like one pick one fifty five, right? Uh, one eighty seven on one eighty seven right now. Yeah. Uh, maybe I checked on the wrong. Website. He goes, he goes after Marlon Mack, for example. Right. Well, uh, I think uh, that a lot of when people draft zero or B, uh, a lot of the time they're trying to draft handcuffs of like, okay, well, they he plays behind the star, but when the star gets injured. He's going to be the star, whereas uh, a, a lot more of the time you, you, you kind of want somebody who you project for some kind of role because what what better indication that they actually like the player than giving than give putting them on the field, giving them touches. Now we haven't actually right. seen that, but it sounds like they plan to do it. Uh, and so if you do if you do get an injury situation, like it, it like of course like i guess assuming that he does have the role of some kind of role that that has to that that has to have a pretty good uh contingent um value and um, but i that it, it it is a little bit of concern that the washington offense is, is not good. is bad yeah right like i'm not i'm not drafting mclaurin or dotson really i'm not right. i'm not really interested in yeah just one of the teams uh Speaking of the NFC East, I I keep drafting these fucking Daniel Jones stacks. I see that it's so trendy now. Yeah, because he can run a little bit, you know, and they, right. they they got the Bills and oh, you know, they they made uh I I forgot the name of the guy that they Dable Brian Dable they right you know he he came in and and Josh Allen sucked and then he made Josh Allen good and they drafted Wandale. And the one guy who I will say is way too cheap and, and I will not feel bad about drafting if it doesn't work out is Kadarius Tony. Now, if Daniel Jones puts egg on my face again, I deserve it and I should feel bad. But if, if Tony doesn't work, like Tony is like the perfect bet to be making where he goes. Um, so I, 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 totally, I totally get the, uh, the, the I, it's so easy to envision Okay, so he's been bad because he had these donkey coaches, and now he's going to get good coaches. And oh, by the way, he has this fantasy pro- uh, friendly profile, and you just missed out on the quarterback you actually wanted to draft. Why not uh, draft Daniel Jones to make you feel good about yourself? Yeah, uh, like that's I, that's I, literally it. It's basically just like I can talk myself into Daniel Jones running for four hundred yards and four <laughs> touchdowns this season. Uh, and I've I done can't that. do that. Yeah, I've really done it. Yeah. Um, my yeah, uh, and and maybe this is I, maybe this is just too much of a player specific take. Uh, I I I really with Tony, I really am kind of concerned that uh, not just in the NFL but in college too, he just goes long stretches where he's not available. He just doesn't do like, anything. Yeah. Well, he he's not playing, and like. Yeah. It's, it's recorded as an injury, but when you have somebody who apparently doesn't get on with coaching staff, won't show up for minicamp, like even last year, he just, he wouldn't show up. Uh, I, I just like that, that to me feels too much like a character concern sort of deal where like, Yes, I, I feel like I can project his talent. I feel like I can see the upside. I can, I, I can see that kind of range of outcomes, but it, 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 it's, very, it, it's very difficult for me to take somebody like that 
where like I don't I, I just don't know if he's even gonna play or if he's like he plays two games and he like goes to uh, Antonio Brown deuces. Yeah, just like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Uh like and they tried to trade him. And the reason they couldn't trade him is because like everyone's like, no, we're like you draft him in the first round. Like you've got to wear it. But then they can't like trade him for a fifth or whatever because like that's like I guess there's a sunk cost fallacy. Uh but I do I do rec- like there is a there there's definitely a part of me where like, okay, Connor, on the other hand, he's really, 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 really good at football. And w- what if this new coaching staff just makes him play well? And you get this huge smash uh, at, for a very cheap cost. Well, you know who will show up to work every single day and not complain and take his licks? Wandale Robinson. <laughs> Wandale, Wandale's not going to complain. Wandale's always available. Wandale leads right. it all in the field, undersized, you know, recruited as a running back. His coach screwed him over at Nebraska. So he left. He was like, look, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Goes to Kentucky right. is far and away their best player. I'm not letting the Wandale thing die. I just, I just won't. I can't. I, I, uh, I, I he's a big target for me. Uh, like I, I will kind of like sometimes in drafts, like pass on a wide receiver just so I have room in my construction to take uh, Wandale later. But my uh, my big concern is now that like the more people talk about it, like he's just not going to be there. At pick two hundred anymore. Like he's going to be there. At pick two hundred for a while because the the Giants' depth chart is pretty congested. I mean, we don't know what Sterling Shepard's health situation is like. We'll we'll know more if like they get to training camp and Sterling Shepard is not playing and is going to be on the IR, going to be on the pup. Then he'll go up a little bit. But it's also right. like the market is just throwing up their hands because Galladay doesn't go early. Tony doesn't go early. They, like, don't even have a tight end. Ricky Seals-Jones you can get in, in at pick 200. It's, so it's just, like, no one no one really knows. Um, right. The, he the, is actually the third highest at, at, at non-quarterback joint. Wait, say that again? At Juan Dali is he's the third highest non-Daniel Jones joint. That's that's incredible. Yeah, no, just no one, no one cares. No, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like Barkley, and no one cares. Which I I guess if the whole. Oh, sorry, goes, I forgot about Barkley. So yeah, yeah, but a pass catcher, pass catcher. Right. I mean, if the if the if Dable does do it in one off season, I feel pretty good about Giants being on the the like being a team right. you need because cost adjusted, they're like a wide receiver two season from Galladay at wide receiver 50 is like an insane smash, you know, right. and, and same for Shepard, same for Wandale. I mean, fucking Darius Slayton could come out of nowhere right. if they wanted. It's like, it's like, I, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Kind of similar to the Patriots where they just have a bunch of dudes and I have no idea how they're going to use right. them. But I, I, yeah, I'm definitely like Wandale. I don't know how to pronounce it. Wandale is probably wrong. Uh, but it's, it's not right. It's not right. <laughs> it feels good. It feels right to say. I get uh, that. Uh, so I'll, I'll say one deal. Um, just the, the fact that he dominated so much in college, like it, it does, it, it does feel like okay. Well, if he if he played that well in in this variety of, of situations, like maybe maybe the fact that uh, he he do, he's not blazing fast, like maybe maybe that that like a lot of time that's the overrated part. Uh, like. 
there's a huge skill component to football. And, and if he's got that and you're getting a pick 200, like that, that does feel very, uh, very exciting. I would have thought I would have thought he would have been way more dead like five years ago where there were no right. guys that looked successful like him in the NFL. Now it's like most guys are I mean, most guys are a little bit bigger than him, like right. an, an inch taller and 10 pounds heavier. But like Garrett Wilson was the second wide receiver drafted. And he would I mean, five right. years ago, I would have been like Garrett Wilson is the worst first round pick ever. <laughs> but like this guy stinks. Like, why are we and Alave too? Honestly, right. both of them. Uh, I, I haven't talked about the saints on a show yet since they signed Jarvis Landry. Uh, are they all just bad now? Or do we just not want any of these guys? Because I can't imagine three dudes with more of an overlapping skill set than Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, and Chris Alave. Like they all just right. want to run seven yards. <laughs> We've got like tree slant boys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I kind, I kind, when, when Olave slips, I kind of do want to draft him still. Like when he goes like 10 picks, 15 picks after ADP, like I can't, I kind of still want to draft him just because, oh, hey, like he, uh, he, he, he did get very highly drafted. Um, but in terms of like Michael Thomas, uh, the, the, the story with him is crazy. Like, he, he, he hurt his ankle, like, didn't, and he basically got told to have surgery, said he was having surgery, and then went, nah, bro. Like, maybe his, maybe his beef is with Sean Payton, and now that Sean Payton is gone, maybe it's all gravy. Yeah, but, like, a lot of, a lot of I, I do think that a lot of mod, modern medicine, now I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, but a lot of it is based on doing what they tell you. Like, that's true. It, if, if you just have this like busted up ankle and uh, have the surgery months after you're supposed to try and heal it up yourself and and then and then actually do have the surgery like that's a uh, that that I do I do think that is like concerning uh, and then um Jarvis Landry yeah it, especially he could, I, I guess he could be more interesting in, um, in full PPR. I mean, it would be really interesting if I thought there was any chance of Jameis being Tampa Bay Jameis. Right. And I think that's like 5% that they let him do that. I, because the defense is really good. What would it, the defense would have to be bad is what would have to happen is the defense would have to just be right. basically the opposite of what they were last year, uh, which seems unlikely, but does happen. I mean, sometimes, right. uh, what, what the Washington football team, they were like the fifth best defense two years ago and they were like the right. worst in the league last year. So it does happen. Yeah. And, and it's like defense is that, that is the one position or not position. That's the one category where these things do swing like wildly year to year. Like, especially, I think one, one thing to think about is how important depth is at a, at a defensive back. Where right. they're always targeting your worst guy, uh, but if 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 your if your guys are, are are healthy, and 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 you and you're consistently getting good um, nickelbacks on, then that doesn't have a problem. But you may have like a freak year, like the Ravens did, where exactly like they had this. Now I'm not saying that they're going to have an exodus, but like two guys get injured, and then all of a sudden it's some nobody in at nickelback. He's getting targeted every time then your defense looks different. 
Right. Which is, as we saw with the Ravens, like it just screws everything up. Just like everything, everything got, everything got messed up for them. Uh, Do you have a, do you have a favorite Ravens secondary pass catcher between Talon Wallace, Devin DuVernay, James Proch, Charlie Kalar, et cetera, et cetera? Um, No, I, I, I could just be wrong here. Um, but I, I, I did, I actually did like the, uh, a lot of the Raven skill position players last year. Um, Same. Yeah. But this year feels a lot tougher because like we've already, we've already had the, like, like, like I mentioned that, that everything hit the fan and, and every plan went out the window. Um, whereas now like that, you, you know, they're like double, triple committed to running the ball uh, and Gus when, Edwards, what, Gus Edwards could be the answer to this question. Yeah. But then when they do run the ball, they just split it up between so many backs and then they barely give them goal line carries. And even though it's efficient, they, they, they are just committed to this, like, Hey, I'm going to split it up this many ways. And uh, it, 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 it is, I, it, I guess it, it, it can still happen that you, you, you get these like circumstances like um, Dobbin gets hurt or they can't re- re-sign anyone that they like. And then Gus Edwards become, has this huge game, or it's not a huge game, huge kind of like stretch of the season. Um, but I, I, the, the Ravens in general, the, 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 two, the, the three guys I do like, I do like Mark Andrews. Uh, yeah, I do. I obviously, obviously. Uh, what was it? M- Mark Andrews had three of the five highest scoring f- fantasy games by tight end ever last season. He had three forty-five point games. Yeah. Uh, and like when uh, when they do get in circumstances where they get down, I remember they got down a good bit against the Colts, and this was this was even before a lot of their. But I, I remember their running back who gotten injured. But they were still like boasting like most of their uh, most of their defense, uh, and and I guess I think a decent amount of their offensive line. And um, they got down, and so they had to throw. And then Mark Andrews was just like killing it. Um. So I I do I do like him because like we know he's good, uh, and. It's it's easy it's easy enough to see. I am I am smashing Mark Andrews over Devonte Adams over uh, right. CD. I I think I think there's an argument to take him in the first round. I mean I just I think like so for like last year the games that I was referencing eleven for one forty seven and two against Indianapolis ten for one thirty six and two against Green Bay eight for one twenty five and a touchdown against Cincinnati and keep in mind. Uh, I think two of those games were not even with Lamar. They were with Huntley. And right. look, I know everyone loves to do the meme of like, well, maybe the Ravens shouldn't pay Lamar. Like he's much better than Tyler Huntley. If Tyler Huntley was really, really good, some team would have traded a fifth round pick for him instead right. of drafting Matt Corral or Sam Howell or whatever. I do think this year at, when he's gone kind of at the mid to end of the second round feels really good. Because the uh, yeah, because uh, tight end that uh, tight end is is not the same as it was the last couple of years where like Kelsey's older, um, like 
at, at, like the Waller is in this situation where he's not the dominant guy there anymore. Um, he, 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 even I, I, I'm still drafting Kittle, but it's still like we've just gotten that much more evidence that they just they, they're they're not as interested in um, in Kittle season as we are. No, no. The the people who want George Kittle to succeed the most are our fantasy football nerds. And and I mean, look, it's last year was like basically his best year uh, in terms of like efficiency. I mean, I don't know. Maybe 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 Kittle is just kind of like one of those all time. What could have been if he played in like a different team type thing? But yeah, I mean. And and the emergence of Debo really kills him because he's right. most useful over the middle of the field running those routes, and that's where Debo wants to live when they're using him as a receiver. Right. Yeah. Completely agreed. And and, and I do I do think in the context of that tight end environment, having somebody uh, as good as Mark Andrews that is going to be that is going to be the number one, and uh, in 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 that range, I feel very good. Um, yeah. The other, the other, the other Raven I do kind of like is uh, is Dobbins, uh, and I I know yeah. I I said I like all Dobbins. the things I I said all the things about them sweating it up so many ways, but uh, he's it, for me he's one of those guys who is just that good that if there if there's somebody who can apart from the obvious exact other guys, but he's the one guy who could just make them say okay no we ha- we have to just play this guy. Like this is easily one of our best skill position players. How can we take him off the field? Um, and then and then obviously you get the the fish the crazy efficiency stuff, and that could just happen two or three weeks in a row, and and you're just killing it from where where you're getting drafted. Yeah, I mean, I I liked Duvernay. In I liked him anyways coming out of college a little bit, and I liked Proch too. Proch kind of had the uh he played he was like one of those SMU guys who just caught like a million passes, which uh, I'm always kind of drawn to those guys. I'm just like, what happens if I give you the ball 150 times in a season? Oh, like you, you do a lot with it. I don't know. That's kind of valuable to me, but, uh, I also, I mean, right. this is like such a rotavist thing, but just loving the guys with the special teams production and Duvernay is a right. good special teams player, which I, I, I feel like this is like a, a Sean point, but just like guys who can do dynamic things with the ball and special teams, it probably means they can do it on offense too. And it feels and I, I, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like maybe after the Hollywood Brown trade, Harbaugh like specifically pointed out like Duvernay as being part of the reasons why they felt comfortable doing it. I might have made that up. I'll, I'll need to, I'll need yeah, to Google that. Reconvene on that. Yeah. Um. But no, I am, I am interested to see what their offense is like because like last year was such a stripped down version of it because everyone was so banged up. It felt like you know they were just a, a mash unit. And it kind of feels like the market, uh, like even like Bateman is not really expensive relative to what I would have anticipated after that trade. Like Bateman goes after Michael Thomas, after Smith Schuster, after Allen Robinson. Like, I I mean, Bateman could score 10 touchdowns, I think, pretty easily. And the other other fun thing about Bateman is that he's a cheaper second-year player. Like, for so many guys, it feels like the secret is out they just appreciate, yeah. Uh, whereas when when you get so many guys who uh, who are second year players and and did still have this, the the great college career, 
and 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 they're not going where they should be it does feel like okay well like let's keep getting what what's the left of the edge in 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 that in that meta that we can and that feels like it him and uh, him and Devonta Smith feel very much like okay well these are these are good players that are second year players I and- I flip flop on Devonta Smith every day on if I'm in or if I'm out it's like the bull case is like first round pick the trading of AJ Brown signals they want to be a little bit more aggressive as a passing offense you know it's not it, he he will not bury he will not be seeing top corners the top corners and the safeties are going to be more preoccupied with AJ Brown, more drives, more sustained success. And then the other thing is like, well, maybe they saw him in, in the building for a year and they were like, this guy can never be the top guy, not big enough, whatever. So we need to get a guy who can be the real alpha. Uh, I, so I just go back and forth. I can't, I can't make up my mind. So here's, here's how I feel about the whole Eagle situation. Um, I think, and if this is like well-documented, that the owner is like an analytics bro. Yeah. And he really wants to throw the ball. And like they went in, like there's e- there was even rumors that when they uh, fired Peterson, that it was because he was like, why aren't you throwing the ball more? Why didn't you do this in this situation? And they went, they actually did go into last year throwing the ball, but as a lot of the time, I guess a lot of the time it didn't work. And, and but to me, that there, there's strong signal there that the guy who owns the team wants to throw the ball. Yeah. And so, okay, well, it didn't work out too great last year. Why don't, why don't I just like, and if you, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this, but if you look at the, at the efficiency of every receiver on the adjusted yard for attempt uh, from uh, Jalen Hurts, it's like, they're, they're all like, um, Devonta Smith is good. Goddard is good. Um, some, some, I, I forget, I forget his name, but some Ward. Greg Ward, yeah, uh, he's good. And then all the way down at the bottom, at like three, yeah, at like three adjusted yards per attempt or something like that. And so, like, imagine what could happen is you, you take you take that chart, you take out Rager. Okay, you're not playing anymore, bud. And take then, out Rager, you, take out Ertz, and because they were because they were so reliant on two tight end stuff that they were playing right. uh, Jack Stoll and a converted quarterback Tyree Jackson as their blocking tight end last year. Uh, and and you put in okay, let's put in AJ Brown. It's like pretty good. Okay. I, I I think that 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 could change it from like okay, we we want to uh, pass the ball, but it, it doesn't always work for us to like okay like well they they clearly do want to pass the ball. Now they've added AJ Brown, and I guess I, I I'm excited about it as long as it seems to be a contrarian kind of like take or position, which it feels like with AJ Brown, like slip, sometimes slip into the, the uh, early third and like Devontae Smith, uh, got, like he, him dropping an ADP, Goddard dropping an ADP. Like it, it feels like something where like, okay, I can so clearly see this and the, uh, the market disagrees. There are some people saying what I'm saying, but the market disagrees. And uh, on top of that with, with Devontae Smith in particular, he was a re- he, like in especially in his final year. He was really good. Like, didn't he have like some like crazy forty five percent dominator rating or, or something ridiculous at Bama? Eh. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he was the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in like 
20 years or something like that. I mean, his, his final for people who maybe like don't watch college football at all, his final is well, really his final two seasons uh, in 2019 for Alabama, he was playing with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, uh, and John Mechie, all, all, I mean, right, multiple first round picks there uh, and Najee Harris, by the way. And he, he led the team in receiving, led the team in, in receiving touchdowns. And then the next season, uh, playing with Mechie, Waddle, uh, and, and Brian Robinson, he had doubled up everyone else on the team in receptions, had a thousand more receiving yards than everyone else on the team, and had 23 touchdowns. I mean, it's like, it's like the type of, and he could have had more too. It's like right. one of those things where like watching was like, no one can do anything with this right. guy. Yeah. I, I remember watching that. I don't watch a lot of college football, but I remember watching them play Notre Dame and Ohio state in the playoffs. I was like, uh, it felt like almost every other play they throw to Devonta Smith and he killed them for 10 yards. And it's like, can you like, can you not try to safeties? Can you not try to double them? And it's like, then he gets the ball. It looks like they might have him, but they literally can't do anything about him. Like they, he, he, it was like he was an alien or something. Yeah. And... That's it. That, that, and, and you, you saw it a little bit with him as a, like, it's, I, I don't, I don't think Devonta Smith was bad. It was just like, it's just a weird. And I mean, it was a weird environment, but I, right. I don't, I, I don't he was think efficient. he was bad. Yeah. He was efficient. And, yeah. and, and the other thing as well is that if you look at the numbers, uh, Jalen Hurts was was efficient as a thrower. And now maybe that doesn't mean he was good, but he had like, I think he had like a, a nine and a half. It was a, re, it was a high ADOT uh, at Hurts. And then he had like an average, um, what's it, complete, completion against the average depth of target. What's that side again? Uh, CPOE. Yeah, that yeah. one. It was like it was like two percent higher than average, but really high depth, and like he he complete he completed a lot of like deep passes, and that's like that's like what Devonta Smith is really good at. Like, uh, I, I mean, he's obviously good at other things, but he 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 was good at that last year. And if you have if you have players like AJ Brown and Goddard in the middle of the field, like it it, it just feels like. Even if I'm wrong, he's cheap enough and he's efficient enough and good enough at those deep passes stuff that it feels like I can't be that wrong. But if I'm right, I'm right in a really big way. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, man, let's get out of here. Tell the people what to look forward to on Rotoviz the next couple months and uh, where they can draft against you. Uh, so what I've been focusing on mostly right now is taking taking uh good structures optimal structures and finding ways that you can make you can make them unique finding ways that uh, people are clustering around different things and just slight pivots you can make where you're, you're drafting just as dominant as a structure but you're uh, i guess the the usage percentage goes way down um and where you can draft against me mostly in ffpc uh, a little bit of underdog and um I'll, pro I'll probably will mix in some drafters as well i know you like uh like that davis i do i love the cumulative scoring i'm buddies with those guys over there i do enjoy it uh everyone at drico out d-r-i-c-o-u-t is there two o's two o's uh, 
Two O's, yeah. Two O's. There we go. Uh, and yeah, give him a follow, read his stuff over on Rotoviz, and we will be back later in the week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.